Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America Babylon and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network with Shannon Davis. inside of people. That's who we can battle with. Praise the Lord. It's been a long time, bro, brother. I want to apologize to you. I told Peter, all we got to do is hey, get so him on the schedule, and I'll be there. And it was just a scheduling issue. Of course, we only came back last week. Brother Peter, welcome back. Happy New Year to you. Yeah, you too. <laughs> My friend, we're excited to be here with you. And without delay, yeah. I'm going to give the mic over to Minister Peter yeah. Whiffen. He's coming to you from Brisbane. Now, Peter, for this show, we've got one hour, so I'm not going to waste any of it. I'm going to give it to you. Would you like to open us in prayer? And the mic is yours. Welcome back. Okay, let's get going. Dear Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we call for your kingdom to come. We ask for your love, your joy, our inheritance, all the things that you've promised us to come to us today. Let all of us be blessed and be full of joy, peace, soundness of mind today as we go about our life. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Welcome well, back. Happy New yeah, Year, Yeah, well, uh, it's good you. to be back here. And um, it's no worries. You know, we I... I um, Appreciate everybody has their life and and they're busy doing things and um, 
um, I'm, I'm just happy to be uh, uh, here uh, today, and um, it's, it's just no problem at all. Uh, um, we've been uh, continuing on here in Australia, uh, Shannon, and <laughs> uh, all sorts of things going on, from, from water baptizing people uh, to um, uh, deliverance, uh, deliverance happening um, nearly daily, um, people from all around the world. And um, <clears throat> one of their most common things is that they've got nowhere to go. They, they've been trying to find someone that can help them. So um, I find that's one of the big common things, and um, it's a joy to, to be able to help them, uh, you know, to say, we can help. We can definitely help you. And... Um, uh, listen to their stories and uh, about their life and how the devil has been all over them and uh, tormented them, uh, caused all sorts of issues. <laughs> and uh, here we have with the kingdom of heaven, the ability to bring heaven on earth in our hands. Wow. Wow. So um, we got testimonies of... of uh, of healings, um, not just deliverance. No, I don't want to say just, not only deliverance, but uh, healings. And uh, these signs follow believers, right? It's both things, healing and deliverance. Uh, I do believe, uh, Shannon there and everyone listening, that uh, deliverance is related to healing, that the unclean spirits are... Uh, when they're in a person, uh, they they can cause the flesh to uh, to malfunction, like a splinter. You know, a, a foreign object gets in us; it causes us to um, malfunction, to to fester. And uh, the uh, might take a while, but the ultimate symptom might be bad diseases. You know, like cancer, etc. So. Um, this is where it's the job of the saints, and um, and I believe it's it's all our view uh, to encourage each other and uh, equip each other, help equip and teach each other, and uh, to go forward and uh, have those answers at hand. <laughs> I, I had a story. I don't know if I said it on here, um, but. Uh, I, uh, in the uh, Goodwill store, you know, we get volunteers and uh, there was a guy, he uh, was volunteering and uh, we, we were talking and we were talking about the demons and um, <laughs> he, he goes, uh, you think I got demons? <laughs> and I said, oh, well, I don't know. And he said, uh, could you check? <clears throat> and um, I said, yeah, okay. Well, as soon as I opened my mouth, man, he, he uh, roared like a lion. <laughs> Demons manifesting and uh, got thrown around on the floor. And uh, he knew, he sort of knew he wasn't right, you know, uh, but he didn't know exactly why he wasn't right. And uh, so I stopped the deliverance and uh, I stopped the deliverance for a second and explained to him that the gospel that in order to um, now the demons are there and uh, we get them out, but uh, he's forever a target. So um, 
in order to stay safe, <coughs> he really needs to be born into the kingdom of heaven to, to be equipped to overcome. <coughs> so to my surprise, he listened and um, he was very attentive. And then um, after explaining the gospel, he um, accepted Jesus. And um, not only did he accept Jesus, but he brought his son in a little while later and he accepted Jesus. So after he accepted Jesus, we continued and, and cast the spirits out. And uh, from time to time, he's calling me saying, you know, Peter, I regard you as part of my family and, you know, I really love you and thank you for everything you've done for me. And uh, how about that? that God Almighty has equipped us to do that for people. And um, uh, these are the things that we can never forget and we should be keeping in front of our eyes. Uh, I know there's a lot of things going on, but we m must be about the Father's business. And I believe that business is pulling down the work of the devil helping people to get healed, helping them to get their inheritance, helping them to recover. You know, I, <laughs> it's uh, a peculiar business. We, we have uh, in our hands a, a real peculiar business here because we, we've got a living enemy that has uh, educated the world in a certain way and, uh, against the kingdom of heaven, opposite to or twisted view on the kingdom of heaven. And, um, you know, part of this peculiar business is very interesting. You know, we've we got um, a case of a girl. Um, she lost all her money. And um, I believe God was saying, look out for the bag of holes. And, you know, she didn't know uh, you could have a bag <laughs> with holes. And uh, what does that bag of holes mean? Well, it, it means your, your money. You won't be able to keep it. You'll get money, but it'll run out through the holes. So um, that, is a, that is a judgment uh, that's on people. Uh, now, it's not our fault a lot of times. These things are on us, can be, but we can inherit these problems. And uh, there, is a, um, there is a flaw on effect in life be because, you know, I don't know if uh, the believers out there or people listening today realise that we're connected um, you know, when uh, well, Jesus said an interesting thing, uh, where is it? It's up in John, uh, John 3. You know, when we've got 316, we know that God so loved the world. We know that one. We, we've heard that over and over. But um, Jesus said uh, uh, to Nicodemus, uh, uh, you're Israel's teacher and you do not understand these things. 
So it wasn't understood even by a teacher in Israel that very, very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and what we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. Um, Jesus sort of saying, like, it's hard for the penny to drop. And um, one of the things that is a good prayer is, is to ask to be appointed to know. God, let me know the truth. Let the penny drop for me. Give me ears to hear, eyes to see. See, there, there's good prayers in that. Um, you know, I forbid the devil. Here's this prayer. I forbid the devil to twist the truth in my life, to deceive me. You stop deceiving me. We rebuke you. See, you, you do self-deliverance about your truth. Any spirit deceiving me, come out, see. And that's a, that's a software reboot. Like when your computer gets a virus, it's like rebooting Windows, you know. Anything that's deceived me, dear God, save me from being deceived. Install in me a love of the truth. See, these are great prayers, I believe. So Jesus goes on, I have spoken to you of earthly things, and and you do not believe. So he's sort of saying the simple things you can, you can see on the earth, you're still not believing. So, so this is a mission, to believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things, he says. Now, he says an interesting thing, and uh, I want to get to this because I helped a young guy who, who was in tears, or not that young, he's about 35. <laughs> I say young now because I'm like over 60. <laughs> but uh, I tell you what, that goes by in a blink of an eye. But uh, no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. See? So up until then, no one had been in heaven. And, uh, you know, we can get into all of that. But uh, there was paradise in the earth for the righteous to go to, but not heaven at that point. So no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Now he goes on to say, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Why? That everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. So, so what's, he, what's he saying there? For, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through himself or through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Hmm. There it goes on, whoever doesn't believe stands condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Now we've heard all this stuff, uh, but some Christians haven't heard this. But um, what we've got there is that there is a change because of what we believe. So the devil's working on our unbelief. Now, what happened when Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness? Because this is key. It's because it's, the example is the Son of Man must be lifted up sort of like the same way. So um, 
we can go to um, it's in numbers yeah it's in numbers it's in numbers 21 and uh, we have a, have a look um, the people of Israel were discouraged you know numbers chapter 21 I don't know why because they just had a big victory there was this king called uh, Arad, which means a wild ass, the Canaanite, which means zealous. And, you know, our enemies, uh, the Bible points to that our enemies don't give up easy. We apparently give up <laughs> quicker than they do. The devil never quits, man. He doesn't give up. So um, this is why we, we need to fight and resist the devil. And not give up while doing good, because in due season we will reap a victory. So um, they prayed and they did a vow unto God and uh, they won the, the battle and they destroyed the cities. Right? It happened. In verse 5, 21, Numbers 21, verse 5, the people spake against God. They just, they just won a victory. Now, when I when I um, had people inquiring, you know, to get help, one of the questions I may ask is, among many, but I may ask, you know, are you blaming God? Hmm. Have, have you said in your heart you hate God? Have you whinged to God? Why me? Why me? You know? Um because I believe that is a mistake and um, it's a misunderstanding. Um, see, when Adam and Eve um, ate from the tree, they ran and hided. Now they hid. Um, did God toast them when he found them? See, no. They misunderstood the love of God, our creator, who loves us. He made us. Why did they misunderstand? They hid, and that proved it. But he didn't toast them. He didn't smack them. He covered them. And he covered them with a type and shadow, a skin of an animal, with a death, with blood. He covered them with already the plan of him to come himself and to die to cover our sins. So they... They were uh, whinging. Um, imagine that. You don't have to go to work, and every morning you can run around and you can get something to eat. You're never going to be hungry. Your clothes are never going to wear out, and you're not there forever because you're on your way to the promised land. You're just in the wilderness. I think it was a three-day journey, <laughs> which they took for 40 years. Huh? Huh? How does that make sense? And... They're whinging. They're whinging. It's like, you know, if you came as a backpacker and your backpack kept getting filled up. Yeah. So God sort of thought, well, okay, I'll show you guys. Now, God did this, I believe he did this to show us a lesson. And, you know, if you're reading the Bible today, um, anybody out there that's listening, that, that's reading the Bible, Read it with the view to learn something. You know, for many years I just skipped over stuff. 
But these days, I look for things that prick my attention when I'm reading the scriptures. So the question is, why did he do this? He could have done anything. Sent a hurricane, sent lightning, sent windstorms, or done nothing, or patted them, there, 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 don't wind, you know. No. He's going to show them something. So what did he do? He sent fiery serpents among them. That's snakes. And they bit the people. Hmm. Could that be a type and shadow of demons? See? You start, you start blaming God and um, stop blaming God or, or your ancestors and blame God, your parents or your friends, and you agree with them. Oh, I don't know why God did this. don't know why, you know, God took my baby. This God didn't take your baby. God so loved the world. He didn't come to judge the world. He came to save the world. And we blame God. You know, that's wrong, man. When we think about it, like we're going to talk about a little bit more about what the cost was what the actual cost was and why God did all his effort to come and pay this cost to save us. So he sends these snakes and they bite them. So the people came back to Moses, oh, help us, we've sinned for we have spoken against the Lord. What is sin? Some say missing the mark. The concordance also says missing the way. Christianity was called the way. So it could be really that sin is anything that is offensive. We can offend each other. We can sin against each other. We can even offend our own selves. And we can offend God. So could it be that if we operate without loving our neighbour, we forget to love our neighbour and we don't operate in love, we, we walk on the edge of the precipice of offence, of sinning. Good way to think of things. So, therefore, the people came to Moses. Now, God, I believe, knew what he was going to do, but Moses had to pray. Pray unto the Lord that he takes away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. Now, God didn't just, I believe, God didn't just do this. You know, he said, ah, yeah, you talk about me, I'll give you a demon or I'll give you a snake. No, he's going to show the gospel here, all right? And this is one way of getting everyone's attention, to listen to the gospel. It all points back to Jesus. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ, the second Adam. You know, a lot of people don't know there's two species of human beings, the first Adam and the second Adam. Yeah. 
all the first Adamic race died. Walk around alive in the flesh, but dead in their hearts. Dead. Jesus said, let the dead bury their own dead. How can dead people dig a hole? He's not talking about the flesh. And, and this is where we've got to get into an understanding in the spirit that there's flesh and then there's the software that operates the flesh, the spirit. All your thoughts come out of that software, come out of the spirit. All your actions come out of the spirit, out of your heart. It's operating in your heart. Wrong software causes sin. Peter said to Ananias and Sapphira, how come you have allowed Satan to fill your heart so you lied? What would Satan fill in a person's heart, do you think, that they would lie? A wrong spirit, a demon. They allowed themselves to be demonized. And they died because I believe the early church wouldn't have suffered being demonized because when one is demonized, it can be catchy. The Spirit said, if Vashti, Queen Vashti, kept going, every woman in Israel would despise their husbands. It was catchy. Spiritual uncleanness or demons are catchy. Yeah. So when the Lord the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that every one that is bidden, when he looks upon it, shall live. Now a lot of a lot of messages will say that's a type and shadow of Jesus turning into sin on the pole. No, I, I don't think it is at all. Uh, the scripture goes on to say, just as just as Moses lifted up the serpent, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Well, God didn't say to Moses, make a little man figure, <laughs> you know, make a crucifix and put little Jesus on there. No, he said put a snake on there. Now, I thought and thought and thought of this. Why was it a snake and why did they get healed when they looked at that? That's a good question. Because Satan must be crucified. That's why. When the devil and the demons receive their judgment, we get healed. Because when they're receiving their judgment, they've got to let go. And they have to come out. Hmm. There's a lot of talk about legal rights. Hmm. The legal right is, I believe, related to our agreement with darkness, 
not looking at the judgment of the snake, why would Satan have to be crucified? And, you know, to get out of agreement with the serpents, we have to look at being in agreement with the sun. Like, I renounce Satan. I accept the Lord Jesus Christ and his kingdom. I choose life. I reject choosing death. And then we ask God to take us out of agreement that we've already made with the devil. Take us out of agreement with the devil, dear Father God. Let the judgment that is due him come upon him. Scripture says somewhere, let thy judgments save me. It says in another place, God will cleanse the filth of Israel. Yeah, filth. What what would the Bible call filth? Unclean spirits are filthy because they're not meant to be in us. Imagine having the spirit of a half-fallen angel and a half-human in you, a Nephilim, a perverse creature, a six-legged creature, or a pan, half a horse, half a man in you, where, where the devil screwed with the creation. When they died, their spirits say, stay in the earth. They become the demons. So... Out comes the unclean spirit, and with it goes the harassment of the flesh that causes disease, dis-ease, discomfort. Why? Because God is showing us why. When Jesus was crucified, whose fault was it that he was crucified? Who could be blamed for killing the second Adam? Have a think on that. Didn't Satan enter into Judas and then they sold Jesus as partners for the silver? Then they kissed Jesus to betray him. Yes, this is the one, the one I kiss. Then the devil done his job and he left Judas. Judas, Judas tried to get out of it. And it's too late. Judas got crucified too. The scripture says he got hung from a tree. Same. Cursed is the one who hangs from a tree. And his guts fell out. And he died. So that shows us there that the fiery serpent is an example of the crucifixion of Satan because he's guilty of sowing the crucifixion. See? This is the law of sowing and reaping that's never been repelled. God set up the law. Whatever you shall sow, you, you shall reap. No exceptions. None. Oh, you might say, well, you know, I confess my sin. I don't have to reap it. It's still, yes, because Jesus reaped it 
And we are accounted as a seed inside him, reaping it. We still technically reap it. The reaping never stops. You either reap being accounted of as a seed inside Jesus Christ being crucified, or you'll reap outside of the cross and actually feel the pain of it. Mm. Everyone on earth, I believe, will be crucified. Mm. They will suffer the judgment of being guilty for killing the one and only son of the living God, the second Adam. Mm. The scripture says, don't you know you've been crucified with Christ? How? Well, this is the wonder of the wisdom and the miracle of the gospel because it's the doctrine of the seed. Like, if, if I get an apple and I nail it to a cross, okay, Haven't I nailed the seeds inside that apple to the cross? Yes. Now, what is the potential of that apple? Hmm. Now, I never plant that apple, get to plant that apple, because I'm nailing it to the cross. It's going to dry out and die. But how many ever think about it? Apple trees could come from that one apple Potentially. Hmm? I believe you couldn't count them. One apple tree might make, you know, 100 apples. 100 apples are going to make 100 apple trees. Even more potential than that. How many seeds are in each apple? You know, half a dozen or whatever. And it's the same. Where is Jesus' children? Did the second Adam breed on earth? No. His flesh died so he can't breed ever again. Jesus said, when you're in heaven, you can't breed. So what is the payback for being guilty of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. It's being guilty of killing all the potential seeds. So when you next time you hold an apple, consider what it's worth. If if you had exclusive access to the only fertile apple in the world, how much would that make you worth? Could you get a royalty on every apple ever produced if you were to let them plant it? And to get that royalty, that apple must die. It must be planted. So Jesus died. His children potential died with him unlawfully according to the law of sowing and reaping. He went around doing good, and they killed him. So God, I believe, our wonderful creator, made a way 
to give us eternal life, of a life of pleasure and happiness that can be never taken away from us. I can explain why it can never be taken away. But first we have to see that the devil must be crucified. And this is the dust that he had to eat. Remember in the garden, God said to the snake, you will eat dust. Well, snakes don't eat dust. Oh, they might eat mice made out of dust because all flesh of the beast is made out of dust. No. Cursed is the ground for your sake, Adam. Not because of you, Adam. For your sake. Why? The devil must eat that curse. And eating that curse, eating is a type and shadow of receiving something and having it have effect on you. Drinking and eating is a type and shadow of acceptance and swallowing. Like they swallowed this hook, line and sinker. Swallowing is a type and shadow of full-hearted belief. See? So God has said to the serpent, you will eat dust. And the serpent's laughing, saying, I never ate from the tree. You know, Eve ate, Adam ate. I didn't cause this. But God got him at the cross because there was no doubt that Satan knew exactly who Jesus Christ was. How do I know? God told him twice. Once when he was being baptized, the heavens opened, the Spirit descended on Jesus, and the Father said, This is my Son, whom I am well pleased. Well, I believe that God spoke that to the devil and all the devil's kingdom. The next time that God said that was at the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus was glorified in his glorified form, body. And there he was even more up front that he was the son of the living God. This God said, this is my son, who I am well pleased. So the devil knew exactly who he was crucified. He couldn't make a excuse later that would be valid. So now, how is the devil going to repay the death of Jesus? Okay, Jesus got his life back. What about his children? It's like if I restored the apple. I've got one apple. But what about all the other apple trees that died because I crucified that one apple? See? And actually, if you had the only fertile apple in the world and somebody destroyed it, they could never compensate you. Could they, really? When you think about righteousness, which is the right thing, judgment, payback, it could never be paid back. So when we look on the cross, we're seeing the judgment of evil. The serpent was a snake in the garden and he's still a snake on the cross or on the pole that Moses lifted. I don't believe that's Jesus. Yes, Jesus became sin for us, 
because cursed is he who hangs from a tree. Now, the other thing that I believe happened on the cross, and, um, well, before we get into that, if, if I have a apple, as soon as I pick it from a tree, it goes bad, right? Not straight away, but it starts to go bad. How do you fix that? That's what I ask people when I'm witnessing to them. And they say, oh, cut it out or something like that. And I say, that's doctored. How do you get it back to be a perfect apple? You can't. Oh, yes, you can. You can plant it. And you're going to get as many perfect apples as you want. And this is our loving creator's will for us. We are sown corruptible, planted, and raised incorruptible. We can't fix ourselves, but the Creator who loves us is fixing us through the resurrection. This is another of the many folded wisdoms of the cross. Because Jesus died illegally and all his children in him died illegally, we now can take one of those places legally. So I don't know if people understand there. It took me a long time, and, and, I, and I believe, you know, it's like hard for the penny to drop. But when we get born again, our name goes into the Lamb's Book of Life, right? Well, what is that book? It's the book of the family members of Jesus Christ, I believe, because it belongs to the Lamb. Now, that's your, your like, your share certificate that, that you have an inheritance gives you the rights of firstborn sons because more than the firstborn sons died inside Jesus the firstborn sons died and all their descendants died but only the firstborns can be born again because you can't do children for Jesus no one can we just get born again and we're all in the lineage of the firstborn. Now, that's very interesting when we look at inheritance because it's the firstborns that get the inheritance, according to the Bible. All set up for us. God set it all up in a way that we would receive everything. You know, the Bible speaks in, uh, I think it's First Corinthians chapter 3, that we've been given everything already. The meek inherit the earth, the inheritance of the saints. What is the inheritance of the saints? It's the payback for the bloodline of Jesus Christ that belongs to us by certificate, not actually by natural birthright, but by adoptive birthright certificate. It's a contract that we have written in the Lamb's Book of Life that says, this person has an inheritance. This is why the gospel is called good news and it's good news to the poor because what would be good news to the poor better than your rich grandfather left you an inheritance or your father left you an inheritance. Woohoo, go down and collect. So that's what we have. I believe that the death of Jesus Christ on the cross bankrupted 
the world. It's bankrupt. The devil doesn't own it. He did say to Jesus, I've got all the cities in the world, but he got bankrupted. They got, they, those cities and the rights of them got taken from the devil for the guilt of the blood of Jesus Christ. He's broke. The devil is bankrupt. But he's operating in the criminal realm. That's why there is no money. That's why you can't own property at the moment. The property has been given to the meek. The meek, I believe, are the firstborns of Jesus Christ, born again ones. Are you born again into the kingdom of heaven? Are you born again into the family of Jesus Christ? What do we mean by born again? We go back to um, we go back to uh, John chapter three, just before you know the other passage I read out there. Jesus is saying, "Verily, truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit." What what does that mean? He goes on. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases and you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Now, to me, that when I first read that, that's like a riddle. <laughs> What's that mean? Then I realized, when, when mum and dad make a baby, right, you know, graphically, the the egg, the sperm, wiggles into the egg. And then the cells of the egg divide. Woo! A baby. That's just the flesh. Mum and Dad give birth to your flesh. Then God puts the spirit in there. Your soul, your spirit goes in. He made Adam out of the dirt to show you dead dirt made the body. It didn't work until he breathed in the life into it, the spirit into it. And it's the same when you were born. That's why you only have one father of your soul in heaven. Call no man father. Your mum and dad are really not your true mum and dad. They're partners. They made the flesh and God activated that flesh in the worm. I formed you in the mother's womb. So your true father, who put your soul in that body that your mum and dad made, is a spirit living in heaven. You can't see it. See, the wind blows wherever it's going. You cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. So when we're born to the original Adam, we're born dead. We've got flesh. Yes, it's alive, it's running around, but the spirit is not connected. Death means disconnected. We must be reconnected again. And the example is the vine. 
you know, the wild branch is grafted back into the vine. And Romans 1 says the natural shows the invisible attributes of God clearly. So you can graft plants. So to be grafted in is to be born again. When you when you accept that, because it has to be a righteous invitation. To be righteous, it cannot be forced, see? If it's forced, it's offensive, it's sin. God doesn't sin, so he doesn't force that. You have to give your permission for it. And this is why belief, decision, allows that miracle to happen. Now, I was able to explain this to a guy whose parents, <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking, but they told him, you know, when he was little, that we didn't want you, we were going to abort you, and your uncle talked us into having you. And that, that boy, little boy at the time there, was so rejected, and he grew up that way. And um, I'm sitting in a meeting and uh, where I met him and um, he's telling something, he's talking and something in the meeting and then he bursts into tears. Just completely unstable. And um, then it all it came out, you know, and he, he'd been burst into tears all his life and this has been coming out all his life. But my parents didn't want me. So he's got rejection that it keeps damaging him. But when I explain to him, your mum and dad's not your mum and dad completely. <laughs> they only gave birth to your body. Don't worry about it. Your father in heaven who put your soul in there and he's the one that counts has never rejected you and will never reject you. He started to get over it. Yeah, he started to receive the truth to get healed. It is the truth that heals us. It's the truth that sorts us out. And what is the, what is the truth? You know, the truth is the Creator loves us. God so loved the world. God so loved the world. So it gets back to the message here. Why whinge and blame God? <laughs> Who loves us? That's a contradiction. God Almighty has given us a chance to be reconnected to His love. You know, when I, when I see uh, deliverance happen, you know, that. This is a good way to stay pretty humble because it's God Almighty that created love in action, healing and delivering. And all he's doing is letting us partner with him in it to get the joy of that application, to feel his love coming through us and see his love coming through us and fixing impossible things. It's not possible in the natural People come to me, they've been to every doctor, they've all been around the place, nothing's have worked, you know. Nothing's worked. I had a lady come in, the doctor said, I'm not going to be around long, <coughs> you know. Well, let's pray anyway. 
you, spirit of infirmity there, you come out. You can't stand our sister. Who owns this body? See, we've been purchased with the blood of the lamb that came in the flesh. <laughs> We're not even owning ourselves. The Creator loves us and we don't own ourselves. He he's owns us and He's taking care of us with our inheritance that we receive daily. Well, she said she felt some weight go off her. Off she trotted. Two weeks later, she comes in. Oh, she had blood pressure over 200 or something. She comes in. The doctor said, there's no symptom. I'm perfect. And she had kidney disease and liver disease. That's our creator fixing the apple with the spot. So Apostle Paul recognized there's a temptation error. I wish all Israel was saved, said Paul. They and then he explains why the problem's there, that they're not saved. And and salvation is restoration, I believe. Not just going to heaven. It's being made into incorruptible, eternal beings. That is salvation. It's an ongoing, performing, working, precept upon precept, overcoming of the corruption. And we can't fix ourselves. So he said what their mistake was. What was their mistake? They have a zeal for God, not according to knowledge. So so this was not good enough to have a zeal for God. <coughs> oh, but I've got a zeal for God. They've got a zeal for God. Cool. It has to be according to the knowledge of the truth. The Muslims have a zeal for God. It's not good enough because their zeal is in error. The Pharisees had a zeal for God. You go over hill and mountain to get a proselyte and you make him into twice the son of the devil as what you are. Zeal on its own is not good enough and error in zeal. Wrong doctrine. You know, could we start reading the Bible and ask them to see the truth for ourselves? Instead of listening to every wind of doctrine and being blown all over the ship. So they had a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Now, what was the problem? The problem was in that scripture, the apple tried to fix itself. Oh, come on, be a good apple. Don't have a black spot. Well, we all know that's stupid because apples can't fix themselves unless they're planted. So it says they went for their own righteousness. So the idea is to resist the temptation from the devil to fix your righteousness. Our righteousness, God says, is no good. There's none righteous, so forget it. God is fixing us. And he's made what's called the way to fix us. It's the resurrection. 
will be corruptible until we're raised again. The error was they went for their own righteousness instead of submitting to the righteousness that is of God. Well, what is the righteousness that is of God? You see, you can read these things, but if we don't understand what it means, righteousness that is of God, it doesn't do anything for us. Could it be that the righteousness is that God has made us and God is fixing us? Would that be the right thing, as he's the only one who can fix us? Could we submit and let him fix us? Could that be the way of the truth? Oh, God, I've got this problem. Cool. I'll give it to you, God. You've got to fix it because I can't fix this. Get this sin out of my members. Let me be healed and delivered, dear Father God. I give up. Let me be healed by you, dear Father God. Cast your bread upon the waters, and after many days, it will return. Well, what happens to bread in water? It dissolves. It disappears. How's <laughs> it come back? See, it's a miracle, man. So the kingdom of heaven is for little children. We hear this and we never listen to it though, sometimes. It's simple. The simple is to submit to God, resist the devil, and he, the devil, will flee. Because the creator has designed it that way. We can read the job of the church in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, God now intended that through the church that the many-folded wisdom of God will be made known to the devil, to the principalities, the powers, the rulers and authorities, the demons, the devils, the darkness. It goes on to say, as achieved on the cross. Yes, the snake in the wilderness lifted up was revealing the many-folded wisdom of God to the darkness. God wanted to train Israel so that they knew where their healing came from. So we have this inheritance on earth. The meek have inherited the earth. So all these characters running around, owning the world, so forth, so-called, the big gurus of business and big gurus of of uh, of um, uh, uh, you know the the internet or whatever they think they own the earth they don't the scriptures just says they don't they don't the earth is ours it belongs to the meek the children of the living God man children of the Lord Jesus Christ it's ours to use in love and kindness. And no one will take it off us. We cannot lose. God promised the promise to Abraham to himself. No one can lose it. So if we whinge, we're in error 
And if we believe we can lose anything, we're in error. That a guy tried to say to me, you know, you're wasting time or do this investment or this, that one. And I said, man, how can I waste time? He said, what? How old are you? I said, I'm 63. He said, oh, well, yeah, you haven't got much. I said, wait a minute. God Almighty says I live forever. Eternal life, man. How can I waste any time? How can I waste anything? I've been given all things already, <clears throat> not even my own. I've been bought with a price. The currency of the kingdom of heaven, I believe, is the blood money. Yeah. Praise the Lord. The blood money. Yeah, we're nearly out of time there. Praise the Lord. Brother, that's a powerful word you just said, though. You know what? We've got eternity ahead of us, folks. Anything that we've got to go through now, and don't get me wrong, we go through some tough things down here. But we've got to look beyond that and realize, you know what? That's going to pass. We've got eternity before us. We're just passing through. We've got to keep in mind that we've got a job to do while we're here. And that's take as many with us as we can. To set as many captives free as we can. You know, in closing, and believe me, this is not the last of Peter Whiffin. I've got him scheduled for our next show already. Brother Peter, the enemy, I believe, has stirred up the hornet's nest with what they've been trying to pull on many of us in America. And that's a deadly error because the hornets are mad as hell. And we're coming for the demons with stingers dipped in the blood of Jesus Christ. You know what? Amen. If there's anything to get me motivated, it's trying to take my freedom away. And so, praise the Lord. Let it motivate us all to get in the fight and go all in for Jesus. You know, we don't need to wait for the enemy to come knock on our door. No. We need to go on the defensive. Let's march against the host of hell Demons want to make war on the saints, then let's make war on the demons. Take some demon scalps for Jesus. I want to tell people... The weapons are, the weapons are mighty. Mighty. We've been given mighty. You know, mighty weapons to pull down strongholds. If you like let's what pull you heard down. tonight... <laughs> pull them there's, down. There's more where this came from, and I'm here to tell you, God has given Peter some amazing revelations... Things I've never heard taught before. Yeah, man. In the realm of spiritual warfare and how to win souls for Jesus. Deep insight. But that only came from deep study of the Word of God. And you can use this right now. You know, Peter. You know, you know God, God Almighty who loves us. I know, man, in my heart that He loves us because I felt I felt it and I've heard Him and I've seen it. 30 odd years Shannon you know you've seen it too Peter he loves us man and and you know he made the creation the, the whole universe he's the one who loves us not not politicians who, who, who are listening to the wrong things you know greedy want to do backhand deals corruption and all this we, we don't need that because we've been given all things. We 
is heaven paid for? How do we think heaven's paid for? You know, and, and, and God has given me this, and my, my motivation is to see a prophet for Jesus because of what he's paid. Let's help him get a prophet. You know, he left the earth, and he's left us with a voice here. We've got a voice that's louder than the devil's, man. Wow. That's why the devil loves to kill us. But he can't. It's too many. We're like ants, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the truth. God's given us all a voice, folks. Let's use it for Jesus. Peter, uh, before we close, give out your contact info. Do you have a website? Um, yeah, um, I'm on Facebook. Uh, Peter uh, Whiffen. It's just W-H-I-F-F-I-N. And that's at hotmail.com as well. It's my email. Um, I've got some stuff on hiskingdomstable.com, my website, and namesamplificationbible.com. And um, uh, I love to hear from people. If, if anybody needs some help, you know, I, I, I'm praying all the time. Uh, you know, I told God, you give me some power to help people, and I'll use it. You know, and it's very difficult for me, even if I don't feel like it, to say no to anyone. And uh, it's really hard uh, sometimes. But you know, every time I make the effort and 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 just pray for people, something happens. Something yeah, Peter, happens. They can also get you at peterwiffin at gmail dot com. Uh, hotmail. Okay, peterwiffin at hotmail dot com. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Check out protonmail.com. It's a pretty good email system. It's free. That's Peter. good. And, um, you know, love to, love to hear from anybody. And, um, you know, my heart, I, I wish us all the best. We, we're all going to be together in heaven, you know, man, forever. So, so this is a chance to prove that you love the living creator, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father, the Holy Spirit. We've been equipped to prove that we can love them back. And it's only a choice. Love is a free choice. Otherwise, it can never be love. Peter, so can you. we choose, you know? <laughs> thank you for coming on tonight. We're going to see you next Tuesday at uh, 3 p.m. Brisbane. God bless you, brother. Okay. Cheers, man. And Cheers. Uh, we'll talk, talk to you all later. See you, see you, everybody. Thank you, sir. Bye. Folks, stand by. We've got Elvis Newhart coming up next. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, save this on MixMR and restart the feed. Here we go.